Have you ever invested in professional development training for yourself or your team and realized it was a waste of time and money because the material wasn't helpful or the presenter may have been nice enough, but just wasn't a credible guide to get you to the next level? Don't waste money on training that doesn't make an impact. Higher Echelon Incorporated is an organizational performance consulting firm based in Huntsville that delivers world-class, impactful, evidence-based leadership training, executive coaching programs, and applied high-performance consulting that helps get clients real results. One sales team came to Higher Echelon because they were really struggling to meet their goals. They went through Higher Echelon's training and, get this, met their sales quota for the first time in 14 years. Higher Echelon signature programs are developed and delivered by PhD and ICF certified coaches and experts with decades of experience leading at the highest levels. What could your team do if they knew the secrets from psychology that could help them perform better and feel more life satisfaction? Go to higherechelon.com to learn more or send us a note here at Bell Curve. Go higher and achieve more with our sponsor, Higher Echelon. Hello, Curvies. This is such a sticky topic we are covering today. And to be honest, it makes me mm, uncomfortable just thinking about it. Confidence is keeping them, breaking them. Lots of times the conversation starts something like this. Uh, Rachel, Liz, it's some, there's something I need to tell you. It's weighing on me and I just really need to talk about it. Promise you won't tell? Yeah, we've all, all, we all been in those conversations. And that promise you won't tell bit, that's the sticky wicket because that piece is important. And I think oftentimes it's not treated as very important. Now, I don't think that confidence keeping and breaking is a new phenomenon by any means. It's as old as societies have existed. But in today's live out loud, quote, be authentic and real world, you know, privacy, secrets, confidences, these may not get the treatment that they really deserve. And that just isn't right. Because if we don't carefully consider the importance of confidences, if we treat confidences lightly, there's every reason to think that relationships will just be on the surface and won't really be deep. And that our professional success even could be at risk. And many would say that confidence keeping has spirit and soul implications. So we're going to get into this today and approach it from a couple of angles. First, we'll talk about context and open with what I think is probably the easiest one, confidence keeping in our professions. We'll see what various religions say about confidences. And we can't have a conversation about confidences without a discussion of the secret and private discussions shared between family and friends. Is there ever a time that a confidence should and must be broken? And when is that? And what do you do if you're, if you're confident breaks a confidence or if you break a confidence. But before we dive in, Bell Curve Book Club episode is coming up, Curvies, on March the 16th, 2021. And we will be doing The Push by Ashley Audrain. Liz, you want to give us a quick synopsis? 
Yeah, absolutely. So Ashley Audrain, this is her first novel. The Push is about a, what does it mean to be a good mother? What if you don't emotionally connect with your child and how much emotional trauma is passed down from mothers to daughters? It examines four generations of females as well as the ways having children impacts one's marriage. Um, It's brand new. It just released yesterday. I've heard so much buzz about it and I can't wait to discuss this psychological drama with our audience. Well, it was on my list of indie books that came out from my local uh, independent bookseller, Snail on the Wall. So I'm super excited that you picked that one. So go to today's show notes and click to purchase your book. uh, And Bell Curve gets a little piece of the action if you purchase it through us. Or in the spirit of independent booksellers, they need your business to purchase it from one of those in in your neighborhood. Ladies, let's start with confidences in our profession. Certain professions are required by law, by rules, by ethics to keep information received a secret. Think industrial trade secrets, national security, or maybe more commonly we think of information shared by a religious congregant, a legal client, or a patient. These communications are private, of course, and must not be disclosed even to the authorities, except under certain specific circumstances. To be honest, I think, I almost think that if you're in a profession where confidentiality rules are part of your ethics and compliance, I think it might be simpler. I'm in a profession where it's pretty clearly defined what information I have to protect and what I have to, uh, I have an affirmative duty to divulge. I've been really diligent about understanding and following those rules because the professional consequences of not following them are so super serious. So ladies, your thoughts, easier or harder to keep confidence in a professional context? What about professions that don't have specific confidentiality rules? I don't know which is harder, but I do think this is terribly crucial professionally, whether there are rules associated with it or not. I came across an article by Dr. Paul Browning, the author of a book called Compelling Leadership, The Importance of Trust and How to Get It. And he posits that really anyone who receives confidential information directly from the source, as in it wasn't passed along secondhand, is starting from a position of implied trust and that if you're a leader in particular, he says, quote, keeping confidences is the most fundamental and obvious practice in building trust, but it is the practice that can most easily be a leader's undoing. If you breach Hmm. a person's confidence without their permission, even out of good intent, it is incredibly hard to reestablish your credibility as a trusted leader. He said something else interesting that if someone comes to you with sensitive information and they are trusting you with it, you may feel it needs to go further, but you must, must ask permission if it isn't a legal situation. And he says one good way to phrase that is to say, do you want me to do something about this or are you just wanting me to know? And I like that because sometimes a person is sharing, you know, maybe as a cry for help. Other times they would probably be mortified if the situation escalated and they absolutely do not want you to share. They just needed someone to carry their burden with them. There are a lot of layers to this, and there we touched on this topic a little bit in episode fifty-four when we were dealing with workplace gossip. But you know, I, I think sometimes divulging secrets and and not keeping that confidence is seen as a shortcut to 
uh, friendship, a shortcut to intimacy of like, look, I am, I'm sharing this piece of information with you so that you know that I, you, that you can trust me. But I obviously it, it honestly does the opposite this person is willing to gossip to me. They're probably willing to gossip about me as well. And that, and that can be dangerous. There, I struggle with this concept, the concept of secretism a little bit of, I understand that there are pieces of information and things that leaders need to keep from the people they supervise, but often, you know, conspiracy thrives in a vacuum. (laughs) And so if you go too far the other direction of not sharing anything with your team, not sharing any vision or, or, or what the ideas of what leadership is doing down with your team, it puts them in a really vulnerable position of where they're having to guess what's going on. And sometimes I have seen some managers and some people in leadership keeping things precious to themselves just because they like having that power. And I don't think that's healthy either. I don't think it is either. And I I think that oftentimes we struggle to know what, what should be passed on? What should we do with this information? Are are you ever in situations where, and I, I I just asked this because I, I have been where you, you want to say to a person and maybe you actually have, Hey, maybe you need to stop right there. Maybe this might be information that I'm not the right person to share it with, because if you share it with me, I'm going to need to do something with it. Yeah. And I think I had a pretty recent example of where I had to speak in hypotheticals with um, somebody in HR because there were, there was a piece of information that I knew about a somebody else in the organization that I was like, do I have the, legal responsibility to disclose this or not yeah and they basically they said did this person break the law like well I don't know that for sure well then no you don't have the legal responsibility to disclose it to to me or to your supervisor or to anybody else but that so but being able to have the trust in your HR or in your general counsel or 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 whoever is responsibility for for making those judgment calls I think is paramount absolutely crucial absolutely crucial and and I think even my sense is, and going back to Rachel, what, what, what you talked about, that even in professions, you know, that aren't medical, that aren't uh, religious, that aren't national security or trade secret type, you know, I think there is still a generalized professional rule, maybe written, maybe unwritten, but that confidence keeping is generally the the right way to go you you keep a confidence unless you unless there is some reason why you shouldn't or can't there's going to be times whether you're in a profession that is you know has rules about this uh or one that the rules are kind of a bit more amorphous it's still extremely important if you want to be a successful professional to understand the importance of confidence keeping in the workplace, because people, if you, if you are a, if you are the type of professional that is going places, that's, that's a high quality professional, people are going to confide in you. They are, they're going to seek you out every now and then, maybe not all the time, maybe not every day, but that is going to happen. And you really do need to give it some, thought, careful thought, because certainly you don't want to get messed up in your private life, but you certainly don't want to get messed up in your, in your professional life, which is tied up in your income. So, 
So with that, let's move on to question two. We talked a little, uh, we talked already about the uh, duty of a religious congregant or a congregation leader, a religious leader to keep the confidences of his or her members. But what does religion say about confidences generally? Like, like just not, not the kind of conversations that happen between say a priest and um, his flock, but, just generally, what is it? What what it, what does it say? What what does religion say to us, Liz? Did you do any research on that? I sure did, and there there's some really interesting thoughts among some of the world's major religions. This this one comes from uh, a Torah musing by Rabbi Ari Enkin. So it's this is kind of some of the thoughts from Judaism on uh, keeping secrets, and he says it goes without saying that according to Halakha Halacha, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, it is strictly forbidden to reveal the secrets of others. In, in fact, in addition to the basic prohibition against lying, which one transgresses when breaking a promise to not reveal a secret, doing so is also a violation of the Torah's prohibition of smiting one's neighbor in secret. Mm, so they're like he's likening it to smiting, like when you divulge a, a secret, it's like you're striking them. Mm-hmm. And he says that King Solomon teaches us that the talebearers reveal the secrets of others, but the faithful protect them. And that this prohibition against revealing the secrets of others applies equally to everyone, but especially to rabbis and other trusted officials. And then in Islam, it's it's pretty similar. It's pretty similar. It says secrets are a kind of trust, and thus they are a kind of contract or covenant which must be kept. And they say it is necessary to be harsh with those who disclose them because they are betraying a trust and breaking the promise. Hmm. Hmm. That it, it does it does say that secrets vary and there are those for which the person who discloses them must be dealt with harshly because disclosing them causes widespread harm. Or uh, then there's some that secrets that are less serious, such as those in which disclosure causes harm to individual, but in, in individuals, but in all cases, disclosure is a betrayal of the trust and breaking of the covenant. Now, Hinduism gets a little bit more specific, which I kind of appreciated. <laughs> so in this, in this article that I found, uh, it has seven things that should be kept secret according to Hindu philosophy. So this is a little bit of a different take on it. Do not push your spiritual knowledge on others. Do not reveal your projects to someone else. Don't share your story with strangers. Don't gossip. Don't brag about acts of kindness, which I thought was an interesting one. Don't shout your problems to the world and don't share details about your love life. <laughs> <laughs> That's so practical. That I love so it. Pra- right? Very, very specific. <laughs> A lot of good practical uh, advice in, in those parts of Hinduism. Yeah, and if you think of religion as a as kind of protecting the social order, protecting the the, the members of the religion, those are just all some really good practical practical things, and not divulging confidences. When you divulge confidences, it's very debilitating to societies and relationships and things that keep us happy and going. All right, Rachel, what does what does Christianity say about it? Well, I think there really is so much common ground with the things that you just said, Liz. And I I imagine we'd all agree, no matter your faith practice, there may be no better guiding principle than do unto others what you would have them do unto you. Now, I will caveat that with with this. We really have to take the time to understand the various temperaments and personality types, because what what you or what I would have someone do unto you or, or me 
and what you may find valuable may be the exact opposite of what someone of a different type would want done unto them. I mean, just think of the ways introverts and extroverts differ in their feelings about surprise parties or being called on unexpectedly to give a speech. You know, an extrovert may love that and they will be just the person to do unto their introverted friends, what they would have done unto them. But that introvert may not enjoy that experience at all, you know, depending. So taking it back to sharing confidences, a few Proverbs that I think help are Proverbs eleven thirteen: A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. And I like this one. Proverbs 18, 6 through 7, the lips of fools bring them strife and their mouths invite a beating. <laughs> but wasn't there something about striking in yeah, somewhere else? That's what, what I was thinking it? when Liz read that. I was like, oh, I got a good one coming too. About, about uh, so, in Islam, Islam is, they take it very seriously yeah. uh, to, to, the, to the point of, of physical retribution for it. So the lips of fools bring them strife and their mouths invite a beating. The mouths of fools are their undoing and their lips are a sneer to their very lives. So yeah, so kind of strong words there. And I think we can think of that obviously as a metaphorical beating, but I like how it gets to the seriousness of how loose lips sink ships, destroy friendships, hurt professional reputations, or even at the very least, just plain old hurt feelings. Yeah. And you know, it, nobody wants to be thought of as a fool. Nobody wants to be thought of as a fool. And divulging a confidence, unless it is, and we're, you know, we all, we are going to discuss at the very end, because there are times when confidences need to be divulged. I mean, it's, but barring that, I think it is rather foolish to divulge a confidence. It's it, what it says about you is that you don't have the discipline to keep your mouth shut. So let's turn to, intimate relationships, family members, close friends. What should we really be thinking about and consider carefully when it comes to keeping confidence with those we care about most? And I did, I was kind of really, to me, this is the central question of this show. You know, your friends, your family members, that's that's where we think about this the most. Because in the workplace, I think we all kind of you know, most people abide by a set of rules, whether they're written down or whether they're kind of just generally understood. In in our religions, we, you know, we, we're reminded if we're a congregant or if we're, you know, uh, confiding in a religious leader or our doctor, you know, there's certain settings where I think the, the rules are pretty clear. But family members and friends, you know, sometimes that's not as clear. And I found this awesome, awesome article oddly enough, at cheapism.com, and I'm going to put it in the show notes. Here's why keeping a family secret might be a good thing. And in the article, it resonated with me because I do think that there's a big difference between secrets and privacy, or I've been watching a lot of The Crown, so privacy, Um, secrets and and privacy, privacy. Um, You know, secrets, secrets, I think generally are not a good thing. It's generally not a good thing to harbor a secret. And the article that I'll link you to talks about some of the detrimental effects of, of holding and harboring secrets. And a lot of times secrets in families are there to protect someone or protect another, not necessarily to protect yourself, but to protect another member of the family, a parent protecting a child, a child protecting a parent. Um, You can, you know, envision those kinds of situations. 
But the article really dives into the difference between secret, between privacy, what, what's, what, what's private and, and what's a secret. And the truth is there's a lot of things that are just private, even from your family members, private from your children. I mean, I like to think that, you know, everything is, you know, known between me and, and my husband. But, I mean, I suppose there still are some things that are private, you know, that I just really don't want to talk about with anybody, including him. There's no call to. And I I think that we ought to be respectful of that. And in today's, you know, live out loud, you know, everything out there, you know, Edward Snowden world, you know, there it's, I think that gets to be a really blurred line. And I, it's okay to have private information that ought not to be shared and you don't have to share. On the other hand, you've got to kind of make that distinction for yourself about the difference because harboring a secret is, can just, it's, it's a burden. It's something you have to carry and it can cause all kinds of things, sleeplessness, um, all sorts of mental unrest, all sorts of damage to, you know, potential damage to relationships and it just secrets, no good privacy, just fine. Thoughts? I can remember as a child, you know, telling one parent things that I, I wouldn't have wanted the other parent to know for whatever reason that I think fall under what you're calling privacy. Maybe telling my mother something, I just would have been like, I don't want my dad to know. So I think when our kids tell us their thoughts and say, hey, don't share that with dad, okay? I think if you reassure them that you won't, and it, it, and it's matterless, it doesn't matter, it isn't something you need to talk about with your spouse. I think that's a, a situation where you absolutely must keep that commitment to protect that precious trust with your children. And then to speak to your point about kind of the live out loud world that we're in, you know, it's been interesting doing this podcast because sometimes we talk about our spouses on here. And I am so blessed that my husband, Pepper, is really, really big on artistic freedom and expression. And I've asked him many times, hey, are you super sure? (laughs) Do you want me to edit this out? Yeah, I was like, are you super sure you are okay with me talking about you here and there on Bell Curve? And he is like, yes. But, you know, obviously I wouldn't share information he wasn't okay with in public or private. But, you know, I've had to grow in that. Early on in our marriage, I would sometimes find myself griping about things to a girlfriend. He probably would not have appreciated me sharing. A hundred percent. And that's actually what I was going to talk about, Rachel, is that some of the best marriage advice I've ever been given is to never under any circumstances disparage your husband or your spouse, because that that breeds resentment that that breeds contempt contempt contempt. and And, is disastrous for a marriage and any relationship oh yeah and the double-edged sword of of intimacy i think is knowing you know the person's deepest deepest insecurities the things that really you know you know how to poke the bear if you want to and that is profound vulnerability that is important in a marriage, I think, but it's also the double-edged sword part of it is, is that you, if you know how to, to twist that knife, you can really, really hurt the person. And so part of, part of the, of not disparaging of not breeding contempt is never sharing some of those, those uh, closely held insecurities or, or private thoughts. You know, I think about best friends and really, really, I am so blessed. I feel like I have been blessed with some 
amazing relationships, but not a lot. You know, I don't, I don't think we, none of us get to have 50 marriages, 50 best friends, and you shouldn't. But, you know, when you have a great marriage, when you have a, a best friend or two, you know, they are going to confide in you. And protecting that relationship means protecting the confidences that are shared within that relationship. You have to. And your relationship will never be deep. It'll never be abiding. It'll never be true if, if, you, if, you, if you can't keep those, those confidences. Well, I think to go back to what you said about maybe secrets aren't aren't good, I, I think a key piece of that is that if you are, we're called to carry each other's burdens, and sometimes someone shares something, it's a burden. But I think the, the key there is if that person needs to not keep that a secret, if they need to share, it's got to come from them. So maybe what that looks like, maybe if that secret keeping isn't good, maybe what that looks like is us going to the person who shared the secret with us and saying, I am happy to bear this burden with and, and for you, but I really think you need to share. And so I mm. think that gets so much to what you're saying is that we never break someone's confidence. We never share someone's secret. But if that needs to be unshared, we go mm-hmm. to that person confidently and courageously and say, I'm here to support you as you share that with the appropriate people. So that leads right into the next question, Rachel. When might it be right to break a confidence? When would we be in a situation where we have to break a confidence? And I can think of a few, but let me kick it out to you first. What do you ladies think about that? The only time I can really think of is if and when someone is a danger to themselves or others is acting truly unethically, breaking mm-hmm. the law or other, otherwise engaging in an activity or planning to engage in an activity that would bring harm. And you are convinced that talking to them directly will produce a negative consequence or if they're a victim or a child or at risk and need help. You know, by all means, I think through appropriate and careful reporting mechanisms, that is the time to break a confidence. Should you tell them first? I don't know. I want your expertise on that, Mary Scott. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that there's, um, well, Liz, first you, what, what were you, you seem like you had something on your head. No, I, I was just going to say that I think uh, Rachel really hit the nail on the head. I think that was the perfect answer and I can't add anything to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would add that there's a, there's, there is a context of like a whistleblower where you have an affirmative duty and you really should come forward like where you know of a, a sexual harassment comes to mind or um, or a graft or corruption in, a, in your company or in the government or, you know, there's situations where you can't keep it to yourself. You just can't. That's, it's, it's against the law. And you will implicate yourself in a negative way if you do keep it a secret. So that's, that's one situation where it's, it'll, it should be very clear to you that the, that if you know that the information that you have, whether it was received in confidence or not, has to be divulged, and that might almost be easier um, or harder because sometimes those have the most deleterious of professional consequences. Even though you might be right, um, I've been in a situation where I had to divulge something, and I so didn't want to. I so didn't want to because I knew it was going to hurt the person, and I cared about the person. Um, but I had to pass along this information to the person whose job was to handle it because of the circumstances of the professional situation. And it was tough and there were consequences to me 
um, for it. So, and I think the person who was injured by it will never understand and never realize that I really did care about him and really wanted the best for him. But, you know, he of course didn't see it that way. And I can understand that. So I think those are maybe a bit more straightforward, but you know, the ones that are trickier, the ones friendships, loved ones and Rach, she said it, you know, when, when there's danger, when there's real danger to life or limb, I think you really just have to, you know, take that one on the chin. You may lose the friendship. That may be a consequences, a consequence of divulging a confidence. Um, but you put them on either side of the scale and what side weighs the most lose a friendship or, you know, somebody gets hurt, loses their life. I mean, you know, those, those, those come up occasionally. I think the harder ones are the ones where the consequences, the consequences is high and you really, and the friendship and the consequence are kind of in the balance. And, you know, you just have to carefully consider those situations. You can ask um, wise people for advice without divulging the confidence, you know, to kind of talk your way through it. But those situations will come up for all of us um, now and then, hopefully not a lot, but when they do, I think you got to weigh it carefully and then act as best you can and then live with the consequences. All right. Last question. What do you do if a confidence has been broken by someone whom you've confided in or have you ever, you know, is there a time when, when, you know, you may not want to give specifics. I would encourage you not to, (laughs) but have you ever broken a confidence maybe unwittingly, you know, mistakenly, and then how'd you handle it? You know, it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm a real go with your gut instinctual person. And sometimes really for no real rhyme or reason, other than a gut instinct, I have just decided someone I'm really still just getting to know is trustworthy and I am now loyal and we are best buds and I'm comfortable being pretty authentic early on. I've really grown a lot, (laughs) but that's kind of my wiring and that's hurt me, frankly. You know, maybe someone is great and they're not trying to be hurtful, but they just perhaps say whatever comes to their mind and they pass along your confidence to others in ways you really rather they hadn't, or they use the information against you. And you wouldn't have seen that coming because you didn't know them very well. I think in those situations, forgiveness comes into play and, you know, guarding our own tongues, not sharing too much before someone has earned trust, no matter how much we may want to connect with them. Kind of piggybacking off of that, like we mentioned before of how sometimes it's sharing confidences or sharing something that maybe isn't common knowledge can be, can feel like a shortcut to uh, in, intimacy, but it's not. And, and knowing that going into it, knowing that like, okay, if I want to grow closer to this person, should I do it by giving them this information or, um, or sharing something closely held to me with them? Or should, should I keep, you know, trust people with small things first and then get to those larger things. I had a situation not too long ago where um, somebody had accidentally divulged a pretty juicy piece of gossip to me thinking everybody knew. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know this like really scandalous thing. Why would I have known? And they were immediately apologetic. It's like, I'm sorry, like you, if, if you didn't know, maybe you shouldn't have had that information, but it was still just kind of like, ugh, 
now I, I'm not entirely comfortable talking to this person about anything of, of, um, weight <laughs> anymore. So you can, you can really, really harm yourself and harm your friendships if you're not exceedingly careful on this topic. I think that there are probably different kinds of friends and there are friends that you can confide, you know, maybe just a few, but that, but hopefully all of us have a friend or two that we could confide anything in and know that they would keep that in confidence. But let's face it, there are other friends that you're friends with them for other reasons. Maybe you like to shop with them. Maybe you like to play tennis with them. Maybe you like to, I don't know, do some hobby or a craft or, you know, whatever. But, but understanding the difference, understanding, you know, what your friendship is built on. Is it built on confidences and really close intimacy or is it built on some activity? Understanding that is important. And when you break a confidence, take it on the chin, apologize, you know, and then know that there's going to be a rebuilding process if you want to keep that relationship. But Mary Scott, that, that learning about the different levels of friendship and the different levels of intimacy within friendships is a, to, has been to me a hard part of growing of a hard part of growing up, honestly, of, I think when you are a kid and when you're in middle school and you have your best friend who you share all your secrets with, and you just, you kind of carry that with you for a while and then you get burned eventually if you treat everybody with that same level um, of depth, it's trial by fire. You got You have to learn by doing <laughs> and it's, it's hurtful sometimes. Oh, painful, painful subject today, but an important one, a very important one. I appreciate the conversation. I hope our Kirby's uh, got some good wisdom from that. I know I did. Let me close by saying thanks again to our show sponsor, Higher Echelon. If your organizational performance needs some tuning in 2021, Higher Echelon is your go-to solution. Check them out at higherechelon.com. That's higher, E-C-H-E-L-O-N.com. Curvy's great to be with you today as always. Please support our show at patreon.com slash bellcurvepod. And we will keep bringing you solid, enriching content twice a month so that you are just a little closer to always being your best you. See you next time.